So a quick announcement about what the next... I can tell you right now what the next 10 episodes of Patreon will be. Yes. If you are going to sign up for our Patreon, every level gets a bonus episode. Yes, that is correct. And the bonus episodes are going to be... All hairspray. (laughs) No. (laughs) No, they're going to be our top five movies each. Yep. So... Two Drink Cinemas top, top 10, 10 movies. movies. So we've realised this many episodes in that we haven't reviewed any of our favourites yet. So we're going to review them for bonus episodes on the Patreon. Yeah. And the first one's going to be... Hairspray. So, listeners, jump onto our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash two drink cinema, if you want to get our bonus episodes and hear our reviews of our favourites. Yes. Two drinks in a mile. Jeez. Welcome to another episode of Two Drink Cinema. I am Lee. And I am Lee's brother, Brett. We are two brothers having two drinks and reviewing movies. Welcome to episode two of season two and the first of our classic movie reviews. A lot of twos. Two, two, two and two. We are reviewing (laughs) a classic movie tonight uh, for all of you to enjoy. Hopefully you enjoyed our preview episode before you watched it over the weekend, potentially. Uh, or at whatever time, because podcasts stay on forever. They do. And they will be there long after we're gone. Oh. Somewhere in the cloud. Yep. Imagine in a hundred years after we've died, mm. someone goes to the old State Library of Victoria where we've been put in the archives. Yep, the Smithsonian. As, yeah, yeah, as something valuable to the sound history of Melbourne. Yep. And finds our review... Of Rear Window. That'd be great. So it's a 70-year-old movie that, we're, that we've reviewed now, and then someone finds it in 100 years. Yeah. So it's a 170-year-old movie. They go, what's a window? They're probably like, oh, is this the one that's already been remade three times since then? Yeah. Well, it's been remade once since 1954 uh, with Correct. Christopher Reeve, mm-hmm. who, uh, oh, no. <laughs> Gonna make a wheelchair joke. Ah, <laughs> uh, gosh, that would have been in poor taste. It would have been in poor taste. Um, we could have added bloopers to our new Patreon. Uh, we could have benefits. They'd probably get more content than the actual episodes. True. Speaking of that, uh, we are now on Patreon. Uh, you can go to patreon.com forward slash to drink cinema and a little bit differently to buy me a coffee. We're gonna stop banging on about buying me a coffee uh, and start banging on about Patreon. But there's three levels of patron options on our Patreon page. Uh, All of them have a bonus episode each month, Mm. which is very exciting. Exclusive content. Uh, And the first one of those is going to be a review for Sky High. Sky High. Which we missed um, during the lockdown and the transition from... Two Drink Cinema 1.0 to to Two Drink Cinema 2.0, the remix, as you keep calling it. Or showing her age, Joanna Griggs. 
two yeah. point uh it was whatever race it was some swimming thing. Yeah. Two point zero. I'm like, Joanna. That's not how the no. kids say it, Joanna. <laughs> That's not how the kids Get say back it. to better homes and gardens. I reckon there are people watching the Olympics mm. who are like, gee, that chick from Better Homes and Gardens knows her swimming. Yeah, she knows a lot about swimming. Yeah, she knows a lot about swimming. Um, we're not talking about the Olympics because no. I'm not sure if legally we're allowed to because we haven't paid the IOC lots and lots of money. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'll check with our legal team and then see if I have cool. to edit that bit out about the Olympics. But patreon.com forward slash two drink cinema if you want our exclusive episode each month. There are also other uh bonuses that you can get by supporting us through the patreon so the link will be in the episode description if you want to show us some support uh and we'll give our supporters shout outs as well yes as we go throughout so rear window yet yeah, being a film pre-1980 this is a little bit more on your side of the oh, desk my, <laughs> what mine. has this got to do with the um and you led the preview, so would you like to start the review? It is good. It is good. Even the poster says Alfred Hitchcock gives us his masterpiece. Yes. And he's made some good movies. Yes. So for Alf to say this is his masterpiece. This, though, if you look at his other movies that are considered like his great movies. Yep. Psycho, they're all like birds. after this. Okay, yep. So this is yep. probably where he started becoming Hitchcock. So Hitchcock, for those that don't know, is English. Uh, True. And so during the, the 30s mainly, he directed quite a few British movies. Did you know that he directed the first ever British talkie? Oh, really? Yeah. I did not know that. There you go, a bit of trivia off Listeners, the cuff. did you know that? Tell us. Tell us, please. If you knew that. Um, our unofficial researcher, our f- yes. Katie Lee, Fuck might have known that. Um, she did pull us up on something from the uh, Coming Attractions episode She in our Facebook group. So we do need to do our first public apology. Yeah, yeah. or second. Did I already publicly apologise to Dave Foley? Yeah, or? you did. You okay. did at last. And... <laughs> I stopped myself before I'd have to publicly apologise to Christopher Reeve. Yes, um, good. So we called, I called the Shia LaBeouf movie Suburbia. Disturbia. I called it Suburbia, but it's called Disturbia. Okay. Yeah. Are you sure? Yes. Now I'm confused. Oh, Katie Lee, Katie, what have you done to us? Can I phone a friend? <laughs> um, let's see what Katie... Yeah, it's it's Disturbia with Shia LaBeouf, not Suburbia, Katie told us. Right. You know why and I so think I, it's Suburbia? Because I think of the Rihanna song, Disturbia, and I think they're different names. Yes, why would Rihanna name a song after an average homage to Rear Window? Yeah. Um, I've, I should have realised it was Disturbia because Shia LaBeouf is very disturbing. And disturbed. Disturbed. That is one way to remember. In his personal life. It's not a terrible movie, but it's very much... It's Rear Window. Are we talking... Okay. I was like... Disturbia (laughs) is Rear Window. Yeah. I don't know if I've seen it, but I've seen enough of the trailer to know it's about a guy looking at a window. So, you see where 
where this comes to be rear window. Charles Booth is confined to his room. Oh, no. And so watches his next-door neighbour from his window and then he's convinced that his next-door neighbour has murdered someone. So he sends, oh. sends his friend over to check out the neighbour's garage, which is where he's convinced the body is hidden. Oh, that but sounds very familiar. The neighbour comes back. Oh. But then I won't spoil or I hope alert the, it. I hope the screenwriter for Rear Window got some royalties for yeah. that. The uh, screen screenwriter for Disturbia was nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay. Yeah. Um, no, he it's wasn't because it wasn't play. that good. But Rear Window, 1954, Alfred Hitchcock is good. Is Alfred Hitchcock good. made films in England first, um, some really good ones, and then came over to um, Hollywood, mm-hmm. uh, and that's when he made really big movies as well as the TV, Alfred Hitchcock Presents. Yes. Uh, and, yeah, just great movies, and Rear Window is one of his great... He remade The Man Who Knew Too Much. He did... That was one he made in 1939 in the UK, in Ooh, England. Do you want to check that fact? Yeah, I'm sure. He also, I think, did The 39 Steps twice. Man Who Knew Too Much, 1934. Ah, there you go. And 1956. Good. Good, Maybe good, we should good. get Katie Lee in. Um, and then The 39 Steps, you reckon he made twice? I believe so. He did an English and a, and a Hollywood one. 1935 and 2008. Yeah, you're right. There you go. 2008. <laughs> it was a TV movie of The 39 no, Steps. No, he did The 39 Steps twice. Yeah, yeah. But the first two that come up on Google is the 39 oh, Steps, okay. 1935, okay. with Robert Donat, Madeline Carroll, Lucy Manham, Manheim, and Godfrey Turl. Then the 39 Steps TV movie, 2008, Richard Hannay, a mining engineer on holiday from the African colonies, Ooh. finds London's socialite life terribly dull. Right. Yes. Uh, yes, but he did... Uh, he did it again, Alfred Hitchcock, in 1959, yep. a Hollywood version. Good. We are both correct. Yes. Um, so 1954, Rear Window, Masterpiece. Yes. And it is... I've got to go back to my notes. The set, just from the very opening, yes. just the, the yep. way that Alf, Alfred Hitchcock establishes the set yeah is incredible it's one of those movies where it's it's like there's a lot there's not a lot of talking no but you know you think you know what's going on like it's what something that hitchcock does very well yep especially at the very start of this is just like one shot continuous all around going this is the neighbourhood we're in. These are the, some of the people you'll get. Here's James Stewart. He's got a thing and here's some photos. Oh, he's a photographer. It establishes every single character of note in that courtyard, yep. in that opening sequence. It establishes the sculptor living by herself down the bottom. It establishes the old happily married couple with the dog up the yep. top. Yep. It establishes the songwriter... The Miss Lonely Hearts, the Miss Torso, it, without any words um, and without any painful, which movies don't do as much anymore. 
they just have the painful conversational exposition of establishing the story and the setting and the characters. There'd be a voice having a, oh, this is Miss Torso. Yeah. Or you'd go, instead of just having a shot going past her apartment, it would be her apartment and someone would come to the door and she goes, oh, I'm a dancer. That's why I'm getting these shoes delivered to my house. Yes. No, we don't need to know that. Yeah. We know she's a dancer. And we know the honeymooners are honeymooners because even just a, some, something as simple as him carrying her yeah. across the threshold, we're like, oh, they're on the honeymoon. Yes. And that's why the blind is down the all the time. The blind is down for days in days. a heat wave. In the other thing that wave. it does not so subtly, but also I, th- I thought it was subtle. It started, it goes... It's showing you that it's like summer and it's like a heat wave. It's very hot. Yep. You know, everybody's got their windows open, yes. which helps with the whole movie progressing yep. the story. Yep. There's kids in the street playing in the fire hydrant. Yep. Um, but then it does the not very subtle at all, just zooming in on the thermometer. Yeah. Like, so I thought when it's 100 degrees. At first, <laughs> when, I, when you first see uh, James Stewart, LB Jeffries, it's ju- he's very sweaty. Yes. I'm like, oh, that's a good way of establishing the heat. And yeah. then, oh, here's the thermometer. Yeah, just in case you didn't get that. Yeah. 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 Um, so then that op- yeah, that opening sequence establishes all the characters in the yard and then continues, as you said, to show his cast and to show the motor, the motor crash yeah. that caused him to have his broken leg uh, and establishes that he's a photographer because it shows even the broken camera. Yes. On the table. Yep, yep, yep. Early on. Um, and then Thelma Ritter comes in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what it does as well with the start is you, you, I realised it like later on during the movie. Mm. Because at the start, one thing, you see what he's seeing and you're seeing um, only a little bit of their lives. Yes. And you can't always hear what they're saying. Yep. So you're pretty much in the same seat as Jeff. Yeah. Um, And you're already starting to make assumptions about everyone. Yeah. And who they are and what they do and what they're like. And And by removing that clunky exposition dialogue of, I'm a dancer, that's why I got these shoes delivered, you have to... You have to... It makes you make those assumptions yep. and fill those gaps, which then makes you fill extra gaps and make more assumptions. Yes. About, because it isn't until later in the movie that you see Miss Lonely Hearts pour herself two glasses of wine and pretend oh, she's on a date. Poor Lonely Hearts. But you, know, you have made a couple of assumptions about she's single and a little bit lonely before that scene even comes. Yeah. Uh, and you make the assumption that the songwriter's frustrated and you make the assumption that the salesman's unhappy in his marriage. Yes. You put all those bits together, um, which then already kind of sets the tone for us filling a whole lot of gaps that aren't there as the movie goes through. Mm-hmm. Thelma Ritter comes in. Thelma Ritter comes in. Once all of that's been established. Being Thelma Ritter. Yeah, being Dave Foley. Oh, <laughs> She's just like, I don't, it was so funny. She's clearly the comic relief. Yes. In this and yep. I think every movie she ever made. Um, we have established in our previous episodes that she only does one thing. Yeah. yeah. She's the same character as if we watched All About Eve. 
Yes. Pretty sure it's actually the same person. Yeah, except instead of being on vaudeville, yeah. she was in a hospital nurse. Yeah, so yeah. she moved on from being Betty Davis' helper because she doesn't have a career anymore. Yes. And now she's a nurse. Yep, done. Um, She's very good. It's just the way she delivers the lines and the back and forth that he, she has with yeah. um, Jimmy Stewart. Which is very good. Like giving the quickest James, massage. James ever. Stewart or Jimmy Stewart? I say Jimmy Stewart because I feel like I know him. Yeah, but like, <laughs> isn't he credited in some things as Jimmy Stewart and then other things as James Stewart? No, I'm pretty sure he's always James. Okay, but I we just call him Jimmy because we know Jimmy him. Jimmy when he's younger. Um, I think. Speaking of, we know him. I James think Stewart. in what Mr. Smith goes, Mr. To, Smith Washington. goes to Washington. Is that one of his early ones? Yes. 1939. Oh, not to be confused with James Stewart, who was in Pact to the Rafters. Oh, I get them confused yeah, all, all the, the time. time. Uh, so he Pact was in 102 credits. So if he's, I go he's right. Sh- he's like America's favorite actor. Um, he's Tom Hanks before Tom Hanks. Yeah, see. Going Everything. through even his early stuff in the 30s, it doesn't say as Jimmy Stewart. So he's always James. He's always James Stewart. But, but I think that that's one of the things that I wrote down about him. I think one of the things that probably makes it so that you can call him Jimmy Stewart is that he plays the ordinary man very well. Yeah. And very yeah. often. Yeah. But doesn't, but he's still so good that he's not ordinary. No. Like he is the ordinary man, but he still has this weight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And his, and his presence. Yeah. Which works in this way because obviously LB Jeffries, the character, is quite a high-level photographer. Yes. Very yep. well-known and very well-respected. But then James Stewart brings this ordinariness to it. Yeah. Which... Referencing another Hitchcock film, in The Man Who Knew Too Much, James Stewart is playing just an ordinary man. Yes. But you can, because he has the weight of Jimmy Stewart, you can see that when things start to happen, it's believable that he deals with them the way that he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's that good. Yeah. That he can work it all yeah. out. Whereas if you just got an or you know an ordinary man, ordinary actor, yeah, you go. It's a bit of a stretch for him to be getting in, involved in this. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. like James Stewart does both, brings ordinariness to LB Jeffrey's reputation, but yes. then brings weight to the, you know, Illinois suburbs GP in Man Who Knew Too Much. Yeah, is he that, or did you just pull that out? No, he's anyway, a, he's that's a, not important. He's a GP in I The Man Who Knew Too Much. I haven't seen it for a while. Um, the other it's thing one of my favourite ones. That the Man Who good, Knew Too Much as well. Um, in this. Yes. In You have to be Jimmy Stewart and you have to be kind of likeable because if it was someone that you're not really going to like them, yeah, you would probably think differently about them spying on his neighbours. Well, and you'd probably feel differently about the way that he speaks to Grace Kelly. Yes, <laughs> I said that. This, this one thing I really, I don't really remember watching it before. I'm like, I was like, he's a bit of a dick. Like, what is wrong with you? You're clearly already batting above your average. Yeah, 
Yeah. Why are like, you being such an asshole? I feel like James Stewart could be dating Grace Kelly. Yes. But LB Jeffries, it's still quite a step up yeah. to yeah. Lisa, what's her name? Fremont. Lisa Fremont. Yeah. Um, but even like, but the bigger step up is James Stewart, Illinois Suburbs GP to Doris Day in The Man Who Knew oh, Too yeah. Much. <laughs> I thought you were going to be to, to like the Princess of Monaco. Well, what I wrote about Grace Kelly's entrance is that she was regal before she was royalty. Yeah, it was like she cut yeah. that first dress that she comes in. Yeah, in, um, and I think you said in the preview, Edith Head as the costume designer. It's not really a challenge dressing Grace Kelly. Like it's not hard to make her look glamorous. And even jumping to the end, at the end she's wearing like cargo pants. But she still looks oh, great. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she was just like, she's sitting in what she would be like a lounge outfit, just sitting on the couch. Yeah. I'm like, I will never look that good. No. <laughs> Not many people will ever look as good as Grace <laughs> Kelly bitch. does in this movie. Because um, as um, as Thelma Ritter said to James Stewart, yep. Lisa Fremont is the right girl for any man with half a brain who can get one eye open. <laughs> yes. Because but, is this whole thing, there's a lot of setting up this pretense of um, Jeff clearly has commitment issues. Yes. Um, I don't want to get married. Yep. She goes, I don't want to get married. It's like, she wants, there's something, there's other, one thing is, oh. He says He's, quite he a few says, versions He of says, that. well, when, again, when um, Stella, the nurse, Thelma Ritter, giving him the quickest massage in yeah, movie history. But two different oils um, for their issues. Yeah. <laughs> um, she wants to marry me. And she goes, that's normal. And he yeah. goes, I don't want to marry her. She, that's abnormal. <laughs> like, she, he's, she's clearly saying to him, like, what is wrong with you? Yes. At one point, she's like, you're going to wake up and go, oh, she's too good. She's too good for me. Get away from me, you beautiful woman. Yeah. Yeah. And I think but then if you look around the courtyard, there are the different examples. Yeah. There is the lonely single person. Yeah. Miss Lonely Hearts. There is the happily single person in the sculptor. Sculpt yes. or sculptress, it probably would have been sculptress. in those days. Yeah. And then there's the old happily married couple with the dog. There's the new happily married couple yep. in the honeymooners. There's the unhappily married couple in mm. the thingo. And I think part of establishing how much he doesn't like marriage. Yes. You then start to see that he's reading his own or projecting his own ideas about marriage onto the unhappiness of the salesman. Well, you can see all like, it's this weird thing, like the movie is literally through a male gaze. Yes. Um, so it's like um it's a man it's a man making a movie about a man looking at all these different women, yes, mainly at different points in their life. Yeah. Like you said, so you got the Miss Torso who's the And even before that you've got the sunbathing beauties on the roof. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um you got Miss Torso who's the young um dancer, you know, is entertaining all these different yeah. men in the parties. Yeah. yeah. Then you've got the newlyweds. 
Then you got Miss Lonely Hearts by herself. Then yep. the nagging wife, Mrs. Thorwald. Yep. And then the older lady who's quite content being alone. So you see, it's like he's already going, this is what's going to happen. Yes. Like this is the this is how women work. Well, and, and or this is how marriage works. Yes. You've got the newlyweds who are very happily married. And then you've got, he goes, there's two options. You yeah. either just... Sleep on the sleep on the veranda and yeah. wheel your dog down to the garden yeah. every day, or you're unhappily married. And then a combination of his uh, fear of commitment and lack of wanting to get married, and his cabin fever, yeah. those two things combined to take that unhappy marriage all the way to murder. Yes, which goes. If I was married, I'd want to kill her too. Yes, if I was married and she was sick in bed for three days while it's 110 degrees and I'm selling costume jewelry wholesale. Yeah, I'd want to murder my wife as well. Yeah. So it's a very interesting commentary on marriage, which is subtly done by Alfred Hitchcock, but less subtly done by Thelma Ritter. Oh yeah, she's just like she's just yeah. like you need to get married because she's beautiful. Yeah. And one day she's going to realise how far above your average you're batting. Yeah. But you need to marry her before then. What are you doing, you stupid old man? She's a beautiful young woman and you're a relatively healthy young man. Or something like Yes. Just settle. And, um, but it's it's a very slow build-up, the movie, which is good, which movies don't do. Yeah. Which obviously Alfred Hitchcock did do yeah to create the suspense and everything like you because think it's also setting up that you want to know as more. much as you can yes and the more that he he shows you what jeff is seeing the more that you as an audience are making your own assumptions about his neighbors and making up the stories for yeah. them as well yeah so and then they almost break up, Lisa and Jeff. Yeah, they do, but then I'll see you tomorrow. Oh, well, there we go. Well, yeah. okay. Well, that breakup didn't last very long. With um, the, can I, one, one of the weird bits, though, that I mm. didn't really understand from a directional point of view. When um, Grace Kelly gets there. Yep. And then it's just like, like, off, duh, like bang face. This is yeah, but right the, in your the face. shadow. But then there's this shadow, but then the... She goes in to kiss him, and it's this weird, like, slow motion mm. kiss thing. I'm like, that was weird. I don't know why he did that. That was strange. I think that was just him trying to make beautiful Grace Kelly have as much beautiful face time as I possible. Don't know. It was weird. I found it really strange. Yeah. I didn't notice it that much. I went, oh. And then I made a little note weird slow motion kiss with Grace Kelly. And now you've mentioned it in the podcast. There you go. Done. Um, so, as much as it's a slow build-up, it does seem early that something happens to Mrs. Thorwald. Yes. But the build-up doesn't come from building up to the murder. No. Because if you think like Psycho, the shower scene in Psycho is like two-thirds yeah, of the really way through the on. movie. Oh, no, it is early on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, sorry. I was, like, oh. I was getting the the two moments <laughs> of Psycho very confused. Um, yes, so the build-up isn't to the killing in either film. The build-up is to 
the resolution. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's what heightens the suspense. And I think that's different to a lot of thriller movies these days is that there is a killer who is going to get some person. Oh, the the thriller of modern horror movies is who slash how are they going to kill next? If this was, You know it is going to kill someone. If this was Rear Window made now, not as a remake, but made now, yeah. it will be Jeff looks out his window and sees someone get killed and then one by one the, the people yeah. die. Yeah. And then Until eventually the last one left. they're going to come to Jeff and then the same thing, Jeff does the flashbulb yeah. and falls out the window. It'll be the same thing except all on Instagram. Yes. Like the circle, that show you watched. Oh, God, that's a good show. But it would be all like assuming that you know what's going on in people's life just through their Instagram stories, just allowing you to see what they uh, yeah. allow you to see. And then Jeff goes, oh, the sculptor didn't like my latest picture. Yeah. Maybe she's been murdered. Should I repost? Maybe I need more hashtags. Yeah, I'm going to call the police because they haven't posted anything on their Instagram in three days. Mm. The sculptor would, though, post on Instagram. Oh, every day. Yeah. This one's called Hunger. That's the... Yeah. The, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, What's that supposed to be? <laughs> those... Um, everybody in an, another apartment plays their role very well. Yeah. Like it could have been very easy to just get people to say lines. And it could have also been very easy to overact it. Yes. To overcompensate for the... No, the fact dialogue. that you've got one line, yeah, yeah, or that you're not like you're. It's almost like silent movie acting, yeah. Especially you yeah. know, like when two people are having a conversation. Um, I think there's you know one bit with the Thorwalds, and she's in the bed, yeah, and he's clear. She's clearly like mocking him, yeah. They could have very you know hands flailing. It could have been like fake, la- fake yeah. laughing, yeah. some bit of mime in there, yeah. But yeah, no, it's it's yeah, acting like just normal acting, um, but without the sound. Um, and through all of that, we get the lots of little bits of information adding up about the Thorwalds. Once we hear that scream in the middle of the night, yeah, um, which nobody else seems to be too disturbed about, other well, because nobody's there. No, but people are in their apartments. Weren't they all out at that stage? It wasn't in the middle of the night. How, how would you know? Anyway. Well, didn't they set up the showing away of the, I'm trying to see if I'm not getting my things confused. Everybody leaving their apartments. Yeah, because um, Lonely Hearts goes on Oh, she a goes date, to the bar. And then oh, the I dancer didn't goes that. out with that through three guys. Oh. The piano goes out to his premiere or something. Um, the newlyweds are behind closed curtains. Behind closed blind. And it's set up earlier that the old lady artist has a hearing problem, so she just switched her thing off. Uh, very and I don't clever. know what happens to the married couple with the dog. They must have been doing something. I didn't notice that. Well picked up. Yeah, I think. because I, I, No, that makes total sense. Yeah. And all of those things are in there. And so I assume that all of those things are in there before Mrs. Yeah. Thorwald got murdered. And because then I was saying when I was watching it, I'm like, oh, this is the same night. Because you see um, Miss Lonely Hearts come back with that asshole guy who nearly rapes her. Yeah. 
and then later on problematic the Miss Torso comes back wearing the same dress. Yes. And then yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. That all works and that's very well done and I missed that on the number of times go. that I've watched it including the time that I watched it when tutoring a student who was studying it for their English oh, exam. Oh, well, I hope they did okay. <laughs> oh. I am wearing a T-shirt, so you can reference it for yeah. um, seeing. And if, so people pay, is- <laughs> and if people will uh, pay us on our Patreon, you can claim that on your tax. <laughs> the newlyweds blinds up, though. Well, that's what you're going to show them. Oh, the carrying the over start. the threshold. Yeah. yeah. This is worse than describing a meme, yeah. by the way. <laughs> Let's have a chat An open, honest chat Join best mates Lee and Jeff As they strip back everything Literally and figuratively To have an open conversation about life No pants, no problems Make sure you subscribe on your favourite platform So you don't miss an episode Join the conversation by following us on Facebook and Twitter At NoPantsPod So, yeah, then we get lots of little bits of information adding up. Um, and Lisa and Stella, at first, are purely there to present the alternatives. Yeah, devil's advocate, no. Yeah. Stop, you're being stupid. No, it's not you're going murder. crazy. And then, but then once Lisa and then Stella yeah. get on board, the policeman comes in yeah. to present the alternatives. I have to go, oh, how are you? We think he did it. <laughs> Yeah, I don't care. I, yeah. We think we did it. Here's your brandy. Um, it's but weird, the, the first scene with the detective, the, tech, the detective, detective shuts him down. Also an asshole. Yeah, well, men, yeah. men in the 50s. In the 50s are assholes. Um, even <laughs> Jimmy Stewart. Um, the detective at first does shut Jeff down and say, I've seen yeah, yeah. this and we've got witnesses that say that she left with him. We've got witnesses that say he got picked up from the train station and the trunk was picked up by her, blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. But he doesn't take that on board. He doesn't it's back the weird off. Thing. This is the thing. I was like, like, if why does he keep going on with it? Like, if you, if I thought I saw something yep. and then my trusted friend, who's a detective, came to me and said... No, this, this, this. I would have been like, oh, I must be wrong. But Jimmy Stewart's like, no, I am stubborn. I know what I think I may have heard slash saw, although I was sleeping and didn't see everything. Do you think that's... Well, I think it's that combination of the cabin fever, but also if I've seen a husband murder his wife, then I know I shouldn't get married. Oh, okay. He's yeah. trying to convince himself He's that marriage doesn't work. Gone a bit nutso yeah. by being in the cast and being confined to the room that he's now... And also he's at a point where he needs to decide one way or the other about Lisa. And so he's trying to find a reason not to marry Lisa and yeah. murder is a pretty good His reason. His reason to go to Grace Kelly is if we get married, I will end up killing yes. you. See that saw that he is yeah. carrying in the garden? Yeah. I'm going to use that on you if we get married. Yeah. Thelma Riddle is also very good at just being really like crap. She's so about gruesome. Things. Just go, <laughs> oh, oh, it must have splattered. 
He's yeah. cleaning the wall must have splattered. And then Grace just goes, oh, Stella. <laughs> or, no, and she says all that while um, he's trying to eat the breakfast. He's trying to eat the breakfast. Bacon here goes, oh, must have got all the blood in the bathtub. And all. he's yeah. just like, just the little look he does of just like, Ooh. oh. Now yeah. I'm just going to drink my coffee. Very good. It is quite a simple movie. Yes. But, but builds up very well. And I think that's why it's Hitch's masterpiece yeah because it's built up by the direction yeah as much as it is by the story and the script and i think we're different with other hitch things like if you compare it again to psycho yep like psycho you see her get stabbed in a shower yes rear window you don't see anything no so the suspense is also added to by the fact that you you don't really know what happened. You don't know. Whereas Psycho, you know what happened. And so you know it could happen again. Yeah. So then the thing is like, who did it? The yes. mum did it. Ooh, did she? Someone mm. is a murderer. Yeah. And then is the sister that's gonna come murdered. to look, is the sister going to get murdered? Yeah. Um, whereas we don't know that someone's gotten murdered. But then no. because of how convinced Jeff is, we think someone could still get murdered. Yeah. And the way they explain it out, like this, this, I'm like, so you're sitting there watching going, like, yeah, no, that did happen. I saw it with my own eyes. It's um, it's like watching Making a Murder on Netflix. Yeah, Someone except goes, not completely biased. Except goes, oh, she wouldn't take her, she wouldn't not take her wedding ring. No, she wouldn't. No, she no, would. no, you're absolutely no. right, Grace no. Kelly. Yeah. Oh. Even though, what would I know? Like, I don't know if people wouldn't take their wedding ring. No. I don't wear my wedding ring when I'm going to the beach. Would, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. So, but Grace Kelly knows women. Grace Kelly knows women because she's the epitome of modern woman. 1954 modern perfect woman. Yeah, yeah. That sells $1,200 dresses. Imagine how much that dress would cost now. Oh, that's what I was thinking. I, I think I gasped when she was like, it's $1,200. I went, oh, what? <laughs> I still don't 100% know what you do for a living, Grace, but I'm pretty sure you just get things for free. Yes. She's an influencer. She'd so oh, be an influencer now. Like, which is the same, yeah. 1200 or 1100 I think it was eleven. So eleven hundred dollars in nineteen fifty four would be eleven thousand one hundred and ten dollars and twenty five cents. Oh, twenty five cents. An increase of ten over ten thousand dollars. <laughs> the dollar had an average inflation rate of three point five one percent per year between nineteen fifty four and today. So a nine hundred and ten percent increase. So Grace Kelly, That's this, ridiculous. Is, this is how perfect Grace Kelly is for any man. She's yeah. a stunning woman yeah. who sells $12,000 dresses for a living. Yeah, and gets to get them for free. Yes. Gosh, you know she... A, man, a manarkin? Manarkin? Manarkin. Manarkin. How do you say someone from Monaco? Manarkin. Manokin? Manarkian. I sound like I'm having yeah. a stroke. Uh, Monacoian. I don't know. Macotian. Demonym. Oh, Monacan. Monacan. Or Monagasque. A Monacan prince. Mon- Monagasque. 
would be in the with the, the French with the um yeah a monarchan prince would fancy her. There you go, God. Yeah, it's much easier. It's much makes much more sense for a monarchan prince to go for Grace Kelly than for a Danish prince to go to that chick from Tassie. Much. <laughs> Like no I don't offense know if, to Mary, but I don't know, yeah, no offense to Mary or anyone from Tasmania, but I'm not sure how many people in Tasmania are wearing twelve thousand dollar dresses. No, <laughs> I know. Some I don't like, know how I'm, many twelve thousand dollar dresses there are in. I don't know how many twelve hundred dollar dresses there are in Tasmania. How many occasions, David Jones? How many occasions would there be to wear a twelve hundred dollar dress in Tasmania? The Hobart Cup. They do have a gov- Senator Hobart. They do have a government house. That we've they sung do. They, yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I wasn't wearing anything worth $1,200 that no. night. <laughs> I think I got mine from Savers. So no offence, anyone from Tassie. And I know a couple of ladies from Tassie. And they're lovely ladies. Oh, people from Tassie are lovely. Yes. I don't know why I sound so sarcastic. <laughs> there. I, love, I love apples. It's great. I love apples and I love Tassie. And I love drinking apples in Tassie. And I know at least strangers. two ladies from Tassie, and both are lovely. That's a good um, and control. both would happily climb in a window for their future husband <laughs> <laughs> in a nice sundress. Yes. Um, so then, as it goes along the movie, this is when Jeff and Lisa really fall in love. Oh, you know because yes, he doesn't. Respect her. Respect her at all. Even though she's like, this is women, facts about women. Even the, he, he, yes. Him and the detective are like, huh, okay, expert on women. And you, even if you look at, you know, 1950s views of women, she's a very successful woman. Yes. And she's not just a pretty face. For her to sell... $12,000 dresses yeah. needs some skill. And she has those skills, but they don't necessarily respect her as they should. But that changes for Jeff the more she gets involved in the collusion. The more, each time she risks her life being his legs, yes. um, the more he falls in love with her. It doesn't well, take much. And I think the more that he can see that she is possibly going to be okay at going to Mogadishu or Kabul yeah, or yeah. wherever he goes. He doesn't really take her seriously until she becomes part of the, win- the what's in the window, part of that world. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. He doesn't love her until he sees her f- from across the courtyard. Yeah. Ooh. Because he's in his own little world in his little yep. studio apartment that probably costs way too much money. Although it's not a very nice neighbourhood. No, and that like... The noisiest neighbourhood in Manhattan. But they're, like, the Miss Torso's apartment is tiny. Good balcony, though. Good lanai. The Would bal- you call that a lanai? I call that a lanai. No, the lanai is where the sculptor does her thing. A that's lan- a balcony. Lanai, this, I have a lanai. I call that a lanai. No, but that's a balcony. Because a balcony is up. A lanai is a patio. Okay, it has to be on the ground, is yes. what you're saying. Okay. I'm sorry, brother, you don't have a Damn lanai. It. I thought I was nearly a golden girl. <laughs> Fuck. Make sure your next house has a lanai. I will. And Can I start calling mine it. a lanai, or do you have to put a palm tree? I think it has to be covered, 
Mine's covered. Yeah. I think it's a, it can be a lanai. So Jeff and I record No Pants, No Problems on the lanai. On the lanai. In the hot tub. I should put a palm tree out there. Yeah. And the car. And I will cut come around and just Devereux. make... <laughs> I will come around and I can either make really sarcastic, rude comments or, oh. or completely dumb. I can be Rose or Dorothy. Either one. Like back and back. Yeah. I'll turn around. Or you can make really... Crude jokes, then you're Dorothy. Ah, uh, not Dorothy. Then you're Sophia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just don't call know someone how. A slut and then leave. <laughs> yeah. If you had told me at the start of this episode that we would somehow talk about Golden Girls, I wouldn't have really known how we transitioned there. But all it took was one word: Lanai. Lanai, because I knew that's where you got the word from. Lanai. It's going to be on the bingo card. What Lanai? We get well, golden, girls. golden Girls. <laughs> golden Girls, Back to the Future, Indiana Jones, <laughs> singing, bad impressions. Bad impressions. Uh, bad facts, incorrect facts. Incorrect facts. We've got six things on the bingo card that are going to be in our Facebook group. So join the Facebook group to get a bingo card. Um, bingo means you need more than one, like so someone can win. You just take a drink. You mark it off, you take a drink. Yeah. It's a drinking card. It's not a bingo like I'm going no, to give it's a drinking 10 game. different types of bingo card each yeah, week. No, no. I'm not That'll be that. coming up in the merch. I've got, to do, I've got enough work to do. Anyway, back to Lisa and Jeff. Um, oh, one thing. Speaking of apartments, each, not many of the apartments have the same floor plan. No. But each floor plan helps to tell each character's story. Yes. So the floor plan of Miss Lonely Hearts, you can kind of see everything. Yep. As yep. she goes from thing to crying on the bed to the couch. The Miss Torso, it's just one room, so she's just dancing. She's dancing and in entertaining room. all in and one room. And getting changed. Yep. Um and it's the big open entertaining for the songwriter. Yep. I think it's very good. Um, did you know, fact, yeah, um, that the set, they actually built apartments. I was thinking about how they did it. So they had the stage. Yep. So the stage was... Um, a sound stage or a back lot? A, sta- a uh, sound stage, I think. Uh, no, maybe a back lot. Or maybe it was the stage. Anyway. Sound stage. Anyway. Sorry. They had the stage. Yep. Um... And that was uh, Jeff's apartment. Yep. And so, so then from there, they, I'm doing hand signals for yes, those listening. Okay, we're not on YouTube anymore, <laughs> so we have to describe these things. They dug down. Yeah. Okay. Into the ground to make the courtyard. Yeah. Right. And then all of the the um, apartments opposite. Yep. Are a real functioning apartments. Wow. They even did plumbing and lighting and everything in there. Did they then sell them like they build the Athletes Village well, for the I don't Olympics know. and then sell them to yeah, people? Yeah, I don't know. But Miss um, Torso, mm. during filming... Lived there. Lived there. It's like the custodian. She was just like, oh, I'll, 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 I'll close up. I'll, you know, yeah, so yeah. she had nowhere to live. She obviously wasn't getting paid much for having like two lines of dialogue in a thing. And, and the best body in the whole film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Second best. She's got the shapes. She's got a dancerly shape. Yeah. She's got the hips. Yeah. That Marilyn Monroe had. Um, yeah. Oh, well, there you go. There you go. A bit of uh, movie history. 
I do want to know what happened to those apartments. Maybe just use them for another thing. Ask Katie Lee. Okay, Katie Lee, um, <laughs> can you just look up? <laughs> was that used in Disturbia? Yes. No, because oh, he got an ankle bracelet for some reason, Shia LaBeouf. Was it, was his it, character, not him oh, in real life. I'm sure he's had one in real yeah, life as well. Eating, eating too many people. He got under house arrest for oh, something. See? I think hacking something. Oh, that sounds about right. No, yeah. Okay, I, now bonus episode for next month is going to be disturbing. <laughs> okay, so I've got to look up Shia LaBeouf. Um, okay, so allegedly he's done some dodgy things. That's I correct. I don't want to say cannibalism. Um, but we'll say. But... Apparently, so yeah. fill in the blanks. Google people also <laughs> ask: Did Shia LaBeouf actually eat people? <laughs> I repeat. Oh, okay. This is on the Washington Post, so I'm going to retract oh. my earlier statement. I repeat, for the sake of clarity, Shia LaBeouf does not eat people. Okay, good. Okay. Currently, is that present or there has was never? A, there was a song that referenced him feasting on flesh, which has gone, which oh. went viral online a few. Wasn't years that ago. Sia song with the Dance Mums girl? No, that was so. Uh, anyway, Charlebuff's weird. Uh, that's a fact. That's not. Anyway, so they're real apartments. They're set up for the characters, and then bit by bit, we get more and more information about things until yep. we get to. The dog who knew too much. Oh, the dog who knew too much. Yeah. With a very dramatic... Obviously, a dog just got strangled. Murdered. Apparently, Miss Lonelyheart, in her spare time, is a vet. Um, yeah. She goes down and goes, he's dead. Somebody strangled him. Well, I think if you found a dog that was just lying peacefully, you could think died of head. natural causes. And if it's a leg went yeah. that way and my head went that way. Yeah. That's obviously what Miss Lonelyheart's found. Yeah. And so... She knew it had been strangled, so she put it in the basket. And then she does the whole neighbour's speech. Which one of you did it? Neighbours are meant to like to each other, like each other, be friendly to each other, look out for each other. other. He's looking out for him. He was just too nice to you, wasn't he? He's not looking out, Jeff. He's not looking out for the dog. He's looking out for the perfecter. Nor is Jeff looking out for Miss Lonely Hearts. No. You know That's what? That's a bit concerning. There were a few times where it was like, Grace Kelly's going over. or yep. And then things going over to dig up the roses. Like, you keep an eye out. Before that. You, yes. Before that, he's like, no, don't go over to the rose garden. But then he sends her to his front door. Yeah, go go while he's in there. Yeah. Why couldn't you have done it when he you knew he was gone? Yeah. I suppose but then he would have come out. Because then the thing is, it was like, keep an eye out for when he's coming home. But then he like he watches her. He goes, "Oh, wait a second. Let me go to the bathroom. Or like, let me go over here. Let me go and get my flashbulb. Let yeah. me watch you instead of watching the alley." Yeah, he's not. Yes, a good lookout. No, he's a good someone who watcher. likes looking at everything. Yeah, he's, he's not, not a good, not lookout. A good lookout. One of my favorite things that Alfred Hitchcock does is the overhead shot. The overhead from shot. from the ceiling, which he does when Jeff is writing the note. Oh yeah, and he does it, and then he that slowly like, zooms and he slowly in. zooms in. Yeah, um, and then, I think I did that. There were a couple of things, a couple of shots. I think one was when like Jeff's sitting in the window, and then Grace Kelly's there, and they're just sitting, and you're looking, and it's a really good shot. I think I went like, "Ooh, 
Wait, yeah. like, oh, that was good. Oh, that's good. Oh, that looks nice. <laughs> <laughs> I did that at the last episode of Atypical on Netflix. Oh, really? <laughs> I'm not going to spoil it for anyone because it's the final final. <gasps> the last transition is very good. Um, so, yes, he wouldn't let Lisa dig the garden up, but he sends her with the note yeah. right to his door. Yeah. I wrote the wrong right in my notes. Oh, well, then you're wrong. Because he wrote, because I'd written writing the note. And but you then he wrote, right, but sends handed. her right to his door. Oh, right. And wrote oh, the shit. wrong right. <laughs> I didn't mean that. And then when she comes back from that is when Jeff has the most loving look on oh, his face. Oh, because isn't that funny when she goes, oh, that was exciting. That was exciting and she loves the excitement and he's like, oh, well, maybe I could take her in a Jeep across the Sahara Desert. But then they ignore Miss Lonely Heart's sleeping pills, which I yeah. forgot about. I did as well. I was like, oh, hang on a minute. Yeah. But then the music saves her. But then before that, Jeff's so obtuse... Choose that he's like, oh no, she's fine. She's just sitting down to write a letter. Like, no, it's a suicide it's a note. It's a suicide note. Oh, yeah. Trigger warning. Um, yeah, do you want to know yeah. a problematic thing? I cannot. Yep, yeah, I think I know what it is. The babysitter's yeah. black. <laughs> yeah. And here's the back. Ba- I'm the babysitter. <laughs> oh. Does he have your number, Mister Jeffrey? <laughs> Oh dear! Oh, bad impression. Take it's a just drink. Like <laughs> it's just okay. Un- I get him to call you back. Oh, that, un- was bad. that was like popcorn, <laughs> like It's unnecessary. It's like, diversity. <laughs> you don't need the accent. You just need the person on the phone to say, "I'm the babysitter." <laughs> I'm you don't the babysitter. need. You don't need the uneducated black accent <laughs> for us to realize that it's the help. Oh no. It was a bit weird, and it's something I was like, hmm, blocked, blocked that one from a memory. Yeah. <laughs> not sure about that. Well, that I forgot as well as the suicide note I forgot. Now, as well as Jeff watches everything from his apartment window. Yeah, because no he doesn't o- have a TV. No other person watches anything else. Well, that's what I was like. Because I was like, Thelma Ritter and Grace Kelly spend 20 minutes in the garden digging up, and yeah. no one notices. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but um, there was one bit I was like, I wonder if anybody's looking at him. Like, yeah. what are they thinking about him right now? At one point, I thought Thorwald was. You know when the lights are off and you just see the light of his cigar? Yeah. That's, that's pointing straight at Jeff. Fucking good. That's a good shot. And yeah. a bit freaky. He's almost scarier when you see that than when you actually see him. Him. Yeah. So, no one notices them in the garden. Digging up the roses. Even though earlier on the dog was digging up the roses and the artist woman was warning the yeah. dog, but sorry, two women, you'll be fine. Yeah. You you can look but after yourself. The artist didn't notice when the dog got murdered. Yeah, that's true. Nobody noticed that either. And then no one notices Grace Kelly climbing up the fire escape and into Thorwald's apartment. Yes. Uh, and then Thorwald comes back, which is when the, the tension really comes in. But it's double tension because there's the tension of Grace Kelly could get caught by Thorwald and then that whole jig is up. Yeah. But then as well, you it, there's a couple of little shots back to Miss Lonely Hearts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there's that yeah. going on and there's Lonely Hearts going on. And whatever the um, musician is playing, 
while that's happening, isn't as lovely as the song that saves no. Miss Lonely Heart's life. No. It's like he's still trying to work out the song yeah. as he's going, working it out, playing this, this is not working, this is really tense music, and then when that goes okay, when Grace Kelly yeah. is safe, yeah. the song that the musician is playing changes, and that's the lovely song that saves Miss Lonely Heart's life because Jeff wasn't going to do that. He's no, already Jeff. let one woman be murdered on his watch. Yeah. <laughs> he forgot about Miss Lonely Hearts. Well, because they were going to call the police about her, but then he had to call the police about, about Grace Lisa. Kelly. Yeah. yeah. But then completely Forgets. forgot about yeah. Miss Lonely Hearts. Tell you what, Thelma Ritter. Yeah. Maybe not the best nurse. She's, well, you could have left. You could have, rather than calling the police, when that was, you could have gone to her apartment and knocked in, don't kill yourself. Yes. Anyway. Because she'd recognise those pills straight away too. And it was very clever to think, oh, we've been spotted, turn the lights off, so that when... He doesn't know which apartment it was. Yes, but then also, Mm. then when Thorwald comes, the apartment is dark and more tense when he walks in. Yeah. Which is good. Uh, And he can use his flashbulbs like a gun. Yes. And then that's more like... We think, oh, she's okay. But then we ramp up again with the tension when Thorwald's coming over to the apartment. Yeah. Uh, and But Jeff knows what the bail for burglary is. Yeah, a bit strange. Hmm. But then he didn't have enough. And then Thelma is like, it's all right. When they see Lisa, the cops will want to let her go anyway. Yeah, yeah. Which is a bit of a weird comment. But he also, she just takes Lisa's cash. Yeah, because she's got heaps. Yeah, she's fine. She's rich. And then um, the only shots that don't stand up are the people rushing out of the apartment. Yeah, yeah. Which is a very strange thing that old movies do. They do this little speed up, that little rushed footage. Like, and then this zoom. Like, I didn't like the. There was like a zoom in on Lonely Heart's face or something. Yeah, when they were all looking, it was like zoom. I'm like, I didn't really like that. Do you think it was a Screen Actors Union thing that no one was allowed to run on set? So people walked and then they had to speed the film up. Maybe. No. No, that that was silly of me. It was a bit weird. But it's in a lot of old movies, is that people don't run very fast. Yeah, I didn't get it. They have sped the footage up. The pity was that it's also right near the end, so then you're kind of left with like... Oh, yeah, Ooh. this is from 1954. <laughs> yeah, oh, and, yeah, that fall didn't look great. No. But I, I imagine for that time it did. Yeah, because I think if they wouldn't have shot him actually falling like they did. No. If they would, it would have just been, like, from above or if they wouldn't have even shown it. It would have just been, like, Thorwald looking down and then... Noise him cut landing. to him on the ground. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Thelma Ritter gets the best line. Oh, at the end it, of the movie, what happened? To Something's the... buried there, and he goes, "It's in a shoebox in the apartment." And then the cop goes, "Do you want to look?" Okay. And she says, "I don't want any part of it." I don't want it. any part of it. <laughs> and then she realizes, and she goes, "Oh." And then the, the like little double take back, like, <laughs> "Play credits." Yeah, play me out, Sonny. And then everybody gets a happy ending. Except the newlyweds. Except the honeymooners. So, (laughs) hmm. 
if you'd told me you'd quit your job, I wouldn't have gotten married. <laughs> so maybe uh, marriage isn't so good after and all. And also, it's the... You're assuming... Going back to the assumptions about people's lives. Yes. You're assuming they're happy. You're assuming that Miss Torso can get the most attractive man on the planet. Yes. Not the little Rick Moranis lookalike that comes back from yeah. the war. And you're assuming that when the newlywed husband comes to the window stressed, it's just from being oversexed, but it's actually because he's keeping up the facade of having money. Yeah. <laughs> um, I will distract her, the fact that I have no job. Yes. With sex. With lots of staying. I'm staying home to have sex with you, not because I have no job to go I'll to. Call, I'll call in sick. Yeah. I'm on honeymoon leave. I didn't know until this watching that the songwriter... Songs the song, the songwriter names the song Lisa. and puts in the lyric Lisa. Yeah. Do you think that's because he met Lisa or because Jeff called it out so many times from the window? Yeah, I think it's because Jeff called it out. Because he just nailed the song and then she yells out Lisa. Yeah. He yells out Lisa. Yeah. He goes, Lisa, great. Yeah. Like Chuck Marvin Berry. Yeah. This is the sound you've been looking for. We've got the Golden Rick, Girls. It's in. your cousin, Marvin Astley. We've Sorry. got the Golden Girls and okay. Back to the Future and Family Guy. That's triple bingo ding, 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 ding. on the bingo cards. Um, Any final thoughts on 1954's Rear Window? I think it's, I think it's one of those things. You can watch it over and over again. I don't know how many times I've watched it. Yeah. But it's still enjoyable every time you watch it. I think with a lot of Hitchcock things and a lot of good, like, suspense movies, you always pick up something else each time you watch it. Yes. Like, little things about, like... The babysitter being black. Yeah, I didn't pick that <laughs> up. Maybe not that. Maybe bits that are actually a part of the storyline. Um, can I... While you're thinking of an example... And I tell you one funny thing Thelma Ritter does that just popped into my head because I was thinking about the structuring of shots. When she runs down to try to get the name of the removalist truck, which she would oh, yeah, actually yeah. run past in the street. No, it's covered by a sheet. Oh, yeah. And then she looks up the alley and she yeah. looks at him. She goes, and she points and she mimes this. Oh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Imagine walking down that street and then there's this woman looking up an alley going, oh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Very yeah. strange. Well, no, no. And then, um, sorry, Mr. Jeffries. Did you notice that alleyway? Hmm. Always something going on. Oh, it's very busy. Even when, even when it didn't need to be anything to do with the story. Yeah, there's always something going on. Someone's getting a delivery, or the other someone's walking down the alleyway. It's the first time. Um, Grace Kelly goes over with the note, and then she walks, 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 and then she stops at the alleyway, and then she looks and gives this like, okay, symbol, and just like, yep. I'm yep. on here. <laughs> I'm on board now. I'm ready to go. It is a very good movie. And the thing about classic movies is that they will stand up. You can still watch it. Yeah. yeah. And it's so well made that it hasn't aged. The yes. only problematic thing is it in The Black Babysitter. Yeah. Um. And other than that little rushed footage of people running out of their apartments, yeah, there's no filmic things that have aged badly. Yeah. The suspense still stands up and Psycho still stands up, which is why 
other than Psycho and Rear Window, which are probably his two best, mm. it's why they shouldn't have been remade. Yes. Because you can't improve them. They don't need to be improved on in terms of special effects. No. Because there's no special effects in either of them. The only thing might be the fall out of the window. Yeah. In in this. Yeah. Um, but there's no special effects in Psycho. Mm. So there's no need to remake it. No. And so I'm not sure why they did. Well, because they thought this was a movie that people liked. Let's just do that because people will like it again. I'm happy to see something like Disturbia where they take the idea. Yeah. Because you see that with Shakespeare movies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like she's the Modernising she's the man. That I referenced last week and 10 things I hate about you and um, West Side Story. Yeah. So, you know, that's a it's a classic story now, this rear window watching your neighbours and going cabin fever. So I'm okay with those things. I just don't think classic movies that are really well made Mm. don't need to be remade. Yeah, yeah. Make us, mm, uh, I don't know. We're, I don't want to get into reboots. Don't touch it. Because we're already over an hour. We'll I do a whole that, special um, on reboots. It's also very classic Hitchcock in the way that it's made and kind of bits of the story. So a lot of Hitchcock's best movies are about like a beautiful woman comes in. Yeah. And it's like a man and a beautiful woman. A if blonde. You think of, yeah, a blonde. Because if you think of it was Psycho, yeah, and to catch a thief, and dial in for murder, and Marnie the man who and knew the too much, and Psycho, the man who knew too much. It's all the same yep. premise yep. of yep. it, and it's like every Shakespeare comedy is. I don't know why you haven't read them all. They're all mix-ups. Oh, <laughs> I need to watch all of them now. Read. I don't want to read them. You can watch them. Kenneth Branagh's made just about all of them. Yeah, true. Um. Surely you watched me play Oberon in oh, Midsummer yeah. Night's Dream in high Ten school. Ten years ago, yeah. Twenty uh, years yeah, ago. almost 20. <laughs> I was 20. Over 20. No, no, it was 20 years ago 20 this year. Years ago. I was in year oh, 11. Well, we might have to rewatch that. Um, Imagine this, right, on a little tangent. Imagine being 16, still in the closet, auditioning for a play, and you get yeah. cast as the king of the fairies. Oh, gosh. Strike one. Oh, Jesus. Then, because the director decided to make it set in the 60s, yeah, Do you're you... now shirtless wearing rainbow tie-dye pants. <laughs> can you imagine? It was the strangest thing. But, like, you can imagine being 16, being a lead in your first play you've ever auditioned for. That's and nerve-wracking shake- enough. Right. Yeah, it's Shakespeare. It's Shakespeare. The whole time we were rehearsing, the guy who got the other lead kept telling me how to act. I'm like, mate, Sounds familiar. Mate. And then, like, this is your costume. It's the uh, female English teacher's pants that you're wearing. <laughs> like, great. And then they didn't fit me. So they had to extend them and they essentially put a cod piece in. Oh, okay. So quite highlighted some areas that as a 16-year-old boy <laughs> in the closet, you don't necessarily want and highlighted. And you probably shouldn't in a school. <laughs> Um, problematic. It was like Glee all over again. Oh God! Don't, we'll oh. talk about Glee next week when we'll you talk about Rocky Horror. Problematic Glees. <laughs> um, 
one little final bit of information, okay. a little funny tidbit. Yes. The um, guy who plays the composer man, yep. actually two things. Yes. First He's Bernard one. Herman. No. no. Oh. First one, did you spot Alfred Hitchcock? I spotted Alfred Hitchcock winding the clock in the yeah. songwriter's apartment. My question was, is he the songwriter's butler or is he like a professional clock winder and it was just the day he needed his clocks wound? They existed. Professional clock winders. Why couldn't a person just do that themselves? No, because some clocks, they probably needed a, a key and oh, a bit of God. work on it as well. Anyway. Those old clocks, it's not as simple as just putting it on the charger I, like your Apple iPhone watch every I night. Was, um, it doesn't automatically update to daylight savings time? Yeah, it does. Oh. Yeah. Um, maybe it was daylight savings at oh, summer. Maybe it was daylight oh. savings, and Alfred Hitchcock had to come and update um, it. Because my thing was like, oh, I can't remember where he is in this. And so a lot of the time, there were little bits. Was like, oh, look at the alley. Did he walk past? No, I didn't walk past. <laughs> and then it was quite. Was he driving the removalist truck? <laughs> Did he? Is he Mister Thorbold? Um, no, it's like, was he in the it trunk? Was quite obvious. <laughs> yeah. In terms of Alfred Hitchcock putting himself in his own yep. movie. Yeah. Um. It's the only time he left as as working on the movie. Yeah. It's the only time he left Jeff's apartment. Was he in there the whole time? He was in there directing from there the whole time. Oh, of course he was. Shooting from there. Like, yeah. And he the all the actors in the windows. Yeah. In the other apartments had little earpieces on. And wow. he would like go, dance, bitch. And she'd dance. That's and some go, hectic try technology. and kill yourself. That's some hectic yeah. technology for the fifties. That's pretty good. Okay, now it's like now. And then it was the other funny bit when the couple is sleeping on the balcony, fire escape balcony thing yeah. and it rained. So funny. <laughs> I really laughed. And then they dropped the like alarm clock. Yeah, it's quite like slapstick comedy. They dropped the alarm clock. They would have had to get Alfred Hitchcock back to fix that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to Two Drink Cinema, our first classic review of season two. We hope you enjoyed Rewindow and we hope you enjoyed us talking about it. You can connect with us on social media. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram and on Twitter. And now you can join our Two Drink Cinema Facebook group. Yes. All of those links. Exclusive listener group. Yes. All of those links are in the episode description of this podcast on whatever platform you're listening to. If you haven't subscribed, make sure that you do. If you'd like to show us some extra support, go to patreon.com forward slash two drink cinema. Thank you for listening to another episode of Two Drink Cinema. This episode has been produced by Odd Socks Entertainment. For more of Odd Socks Entertainment's work and podcasts, head to oddsocksentertainment.com.au. Make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss any future Two Drink Cinema episodes and follow us on Facebook, Instagram or on Twitter at Two Drink Cinema and make sure to drink responsibly.